Hello and welcome to the Human Nurture Podcast. I'm Jason Brand, couples therapist from the city of Berkeley in the state of California, and I'm your host. This season, we're asking the question, how does a couples therapist learn to do that? And we're doing it through long-form interviews with actual couples, and then feedback sessions where I sit down to talk about the couple with another PAC-trained couples therapist. PAC stands for Psychobiological Approach to Couples Therapy. I'm a level three trained PAC therapist, and my wonderful colleagues that I interview are the kind of people that I would go to myself for couples counseling. Today, we're breaking the seal on a new couple, Charlie and Yael, and they're gonna actually lead us out of this season. Before we take off though, the pre-flight safety message. What you're about to hear is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please don't repurpose this as clinical advice or use it as a substitute for counseling. If you or someone you know is having difficulty in their marriage, family, or personal life, please refer them to the appropriate resource. Charlie and Yael, it's hard to say their name without a smile. So you'll hear from the first moment that they are a brave and trusting couple and so open to being helped. They're a young couple, early 30s, and they've come to do some braiding. What do I mean by braiding? Well, currently they've got some areas where things feel knotted up between them. It's hard to differentiate what belongs where. And our job is gonna be integration. We're gonna be trying to take all these different strands and make something more cohesive out of them and give them the tools to do this braiding as a team. A few things you need to know for this first interview. First, we recorded over Zoom and it's during the height of the 2020 shelter in place uh, in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Charlie is actually my barber and he would actually, he's not my barber anymore, but he would still be my barber if he hadn't moved to a new shop. He's a great barber. And while he was cutting my hair before the interviews, I told him about the season of the podcast. He showed some interest. He asked Yael and they agreed to participate. I had never met Yael before uh, these interviews. A few things that you should listen for. First is, this is a great example of therapeutic alliance and the things that flow from it when it's strong and positive. The second is how the session moves back and forth between examples of current day relationship challenges and early experiences with families of origin. And also how hard I work, sometimes gracefully, sometimes not so much, to help them to remain on even footing when it comes to their current and past relationship strengths and challenges. So I think that's what you need. I've got a bunch of interviews with Charlie and Yale and some really great consultant interviews coming up for you over the next few months. So settle in for the ride and off we go. Yeah. I can't see you, but there you go. And your camera is super clear too. What kind of camera do you have? Uh, I borrowed Chris's camera. It's a EOS R. So yeah, it's a Canon uh, mirrorless one. And then I think we got a 35 millimeter lens on there. It's got this cool sink actually. If you don't pass it. So this thing was given to us. It's called CamLink. If you can see it. Okay. But you basically hook up the you hook up the DSLR camera or whatever, and then you plug it into this like it's a HDMI cable, and then there's like you need a micro HDMI adapter, and you just plug it into a USB onto your computer, and it transfers it. So, huh? Very cool. It looks super clear. Thank you. Thank you. So let's, I think, I think we, uh, we made it through the thickets here. We're, uh, I think we're ready to go. How, how are you doing, Charlie? 
I'm doing well. I'm doing all right. Thank you for asking. There's been a lot of uh, commotion moving around, um, uh-huh. moving and then, you know, working at the same time. And, and yeah, it's been, it got a little overwhelming to a, to a certain point just because it's, I was just getting into a routine and then all of a sudden the routine just went kaput. And now I'm like, mm. okay, let's get back into it. So but that's uh-huh. doing well so far though. Let's set this up by, why don't the two of you actually, if you can lean toward, if you can turn towards each other, I think, and sit as comfortably as you can. Good. On your new couch, looking at, looking at each other. And, and for a moment, just forget that I'm even here. I'm just, I'm just sort of uh, part of the wallpaper and let's just kind of um, allow you guys to kind of, I know there's a lot going on in your lives. I know that you work hard, both of you. So just take a moment to kind of settle into each other. Great. And keep looking at each other. And Charlie, would you introduce me to Yael in um, a way that she would want to be introduced? So this is, uh, this is Yael. Uh, she is her own person. She would, <laughs> she would want to, for you to know that. I happen to be her husband. And she's a teacher. She's all about her students, that's like her passion. Uh, not like the teaching part, but I think more of just like the helping out and to making making kids feel special and capable of accomplishing goals, specifically when it comes to like math and stuff, just to make them feel like that. She is very loving. She's just, just like a butterfly. And uh, yeah, she, she's a pretty free spirit but strict at the same time. <laughs> as you tell a little bit about her, um, wh- what do you see in her face? What changes as you begin to describe her face? Do you notice any differences or changes? In her face? Um, yeah, or just in her in her way, you know, how she is sitting there. Does anything change about her as you talk about her? She gets a little her? bit more, I don't know, I don't want to say like bubbly, but her fingers start really touching my hands a lot more. Um, almost kind of, I don't want to say jittery, but a bit of excitement, a bit of just, uh, I don't know. To me, it is kind of bubbly. It is, but it's like directed at me. It's not like bubbly for everybody to see, but it just feels like it feels good for her to hear, uh, I don't know, description of herself. Okay, great. And check that out. Is that just check out with her if, if, you, if you're if you're on to something there? How's that? <laughs> uh yeah, jittery, more just like, it feels awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of like. Like, uh, I don't know. But cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe that's what the finger, t- is that mm-hmm. nerves? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Like, mm. I guess I'm like doing it to comfort you, but really I'm comforting myself. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Doing it to comfort you, but really doing it for myself. What, what is, do you know, what does y'all mean by that, Charlie? I guess to help me relax a little bit more as, as we're doing this, but also to, I think that while you, while I relax, you kind of relax too. I don't know if you're kind of like uh, trying to bring the pressure down by, if you help others, you're kind of helping yourself at the same time. Would, I don't know. Is that kind of onto that? I don't know. Yeah, no. No, I guess I'm not thinking about you that much. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, um, I feel this is weird. So then I'm just like, trying to relax myself. Like, I don't think that you are feeling weird. Hmm. Maybe you do, but not as weird as I feel. 
So it is just to comfort yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just okay. so happens. But it looks feels. like I'm comforting you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's interesting. Why don't, I mean, that's that's a really. Um, I'm glad you guys are sort of aware of oh, of what the touch means. Wait, wait one sec, yeah. Okay. What can do you know how to shift it so that you're comforting Charlie with your hands? Do you know how to do you know how would you know how to do that? Um I feel like touching him does make him feel like right now my foot is on his foot and that was like I feel like when I did that it was you calm down more and then but my hand is for me. Okay. I don't know, is that right? I mean, I, I start, <clears throat> I guess once we're actually talking, I, I kind of try to calm down and try to like, just calm down a little bit. But I was a little more tense earlier, so I am a lot more calm now. Yeah. Well, you were gonna say something, Yael, something that oh, came to your mind. Because touching him calms me down. Hmm. Okay, you wanna introduce Charlie, Yael? Tell a little bit about how he'd wanna be introduced. Yeah, this is what I was jittery about. Shoot, now I remember. <laughs> um, this is Charlie. He knows how to do many things. And he's interested in many things. And he um, he's a great advice giver. And he is very aware of other people and tries to make other people feel comfortable wherever he's at. And he's a great father and husband. And being good at those things is very important to him. This is Charlie. Hmm. What do you think the impact is on Charlie to have and tell a little bit about him? What do you see in his face and his body? I feel like he feels felt similarly to me, where it's like kind of weird. Um, but then also, uh, I, I might be projecting, but I, but feels validated and like, yes, those are things that are important to me. Like when I said, and being good at those things are important to him, then I feel like that, uh, rang something for him. Now the jittery, how much of that is because, is because you're having this conversation with me here in this sort of weird way? And how much of it is, do you think is just that kind of the uh, just turning to each other and kind of talking in this way what how much how much of each do you think it is i feel like for me at first it's like okay it's kind of weird because you're listening mm -hmm. but it's more the like talking to each other in this way for me maybe for you it's opposite yeah i don't really feel jittery i was tense earlier because i was like oh dang we had all this time to prepare the equipment <laughs> and i couldn't find the headphones so that was really stressing me mm. out but uh -huh. but for the situation of just talking i don't know i look i look forward to it i look forward to i guess kind of finding out what it is we're gonna find out about ourselves today and okay. uh yeah so I'm, I'm not really jittery on that i guess i'd be a little bit more like you know when you're about to dive in into something um that can be emotional or can hit some parts that are probably a little bit more intimate i don't get nervous necessarily i just know that oh okay here we go we're about to feel some stuff so that's it mm, okay all right watching charlie try to get things set up what do you know about charlie about getting about when he when he wants to set things up what can you tell tell him about what you notice in those situations 
I can tell him that he usually gets very stressed out or he wants things to be right and like wants things to go very smoothly. And so it is stressful for him to not have the things that he needs. And then I feel like he then feels extra pressure, like you said, of like, we had time to figure it out and now we don't have the stuff. And maybe he internalizes some of that and is like, oh, why didn't I blah, blah, blah. And so then that makes him feel more frustrated. But I feel like despite that, he was relatively chill about it. Like having to (laughs) (laughs) transfer everything over and figure things out. Um, Yeah. And Charlie, what do you know about Yael in that setup situation? What what happens to her when you're, you know, sort of trying to make, trying to, I, I felt you're, you really wanting to make it work. And I didn't know that you were worried that you had like not had it set up ahead of time. But then Yael kind of, she was the one, she was sort of on the call more talking to me. What, what happens to her in those situations? Do you have a sense of that? I feel like she gets very uh, nervous about my tension of needing to have things be perfect. And so it's awesome to see like, you know, she did, she was on the call a lot more and trying to make things stay smooth and have more of a conversation. And um, and I think it's probably because of previous times with her and I, whenever I might get too stressed out and she doesn't quite know how to best help. And so then, because I don't know how she can best help it creates a little bit of a, of a tension there. It just, I, I start getting a little bit more angry and I can hear what she's doing while I'm like doing things to set things up. And she acts a little bit more, she acts differently than she normally does. Mm. She's Like when she was speaking with you, a little bit more conversational, a little bit more amped up into her friendliness than, than normal. Um, and I think it's either like, okay, everything's okay, everything's okay, and just having the, a conversation. And I, and I feel like she's doing that to really, really help me out to to at least keep it going um, mm. so that I try not to freak out because I uh-huh. freak out. You so. freak out. What, what, um, what do you mean by what, what happens for you when you freak out? What is freaking out? For me, it's just like, crap is just going on through my head. I'm just like, oh my God, how embarrassing. You didn't have this ready. The thing is I had everything set up. I had everything already ready. I prepped it beforehand. But then these one, I always feel like Murphy's Law is so real. It's like, yep, the Mm. headphones, where are they at? And then I had an extra pair of headphones. So I didn't feel bad. I was like, okay, I can't find those. But then one of them doesn't work. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I freak out. I, I start feeling like the pressure's on. I'm wasting somebody's time and... Yeah, it's kind of just a, an embarrassing feeling for me. Yeah, so can you give me a little bit of, you know, sort of what happens to you when Charlie really wants to make things work? They're not going as well as he wants them, but what do you, happens inside of you when that happens? I will get anxious for his uh, stress levels, like not wanting him to get too stressed and then wanting to like be helpful. But like you said, like not knowing like how to be the most helpful. So what that looks like for me is like, okay, just trying to be as like least disturbing as possible so that he can process whatever it is that he's going through or like do whatever it is. Um, So kind of like trying to stay out of the way, but then not ignoring him because then I feel like I don't want him to think that I don't care. But that's a hard place to be in because like if I'm trying to show that I care, sometimes he doesn't, if he's too stressed out, doesn't 
interpret that as me caring. It's like, just I'm getting in the way. So I get very stressed about it too. So what it looks like for me then is just like having to acquiesce to whatever it is that is like going to calm him down. So I feel less of a, like I could less be myself because I have to like make sure he's okay. Let's start with you, Charlie. Looking at Yael and watching her, what this feeling of having to acquiesce, trying to be the least disturbing, what do you know about where this comes from in her? This, this, that, that some of this has to do with you, but some of it also has to do with her past. Where, where does this come from in her? Like I'm trying to search through, the, through her history and her, her background, her relationship with her, with her dad and um, how they were always involved, but like she was never asked about her opinion. And so she kind of just observed while they lived and then she was kind of told what to do and she would do it. Um, I'm guessing it's it's coming from that, but at the same, it's just so weird for me because like I've seen her relationship with her dad grow, and I I never saw that with her and her experience with her dad. But she's told me about you know um, feeling like she was never asked for her opinion or anything. So I'm guessing it's coming from that, from like the relationship that you had, um, the or the type of upbringing that you had where your dad is pretty much in control of what's going on in the household, even though your mom definitely has a say for sure. But your dad kind of has a little bit more of like, this is what's going to happen. And yeah, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Um, does, and I get the feeling, Charlie, you admire Yael's dad. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really, um, I think he's a good dad. I don't think we are exactly the same on, on our parenting styles or anything, but uh, you know, the fact that he's raised a daughter the way that she has turned out to be, and she's an amazing, strong person who is very, very confident in herself. And the relationship that they have together is very um, impressioning or impressive for me because I'm trying to have something like that I would love to raise my daughter or to be a father like that, where you can be still like masculine and yet uh, empathetic and in touch with your emotions and control your temper. Like I've never really seen him get, you know, angry or anything else like that or really lose control too much. Um, and uh, yeah, I definitely admire that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what, Yael would say that is missing about your assessment of her dad. Do you do you, do you know what where she would say that you're that maybe you're 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 missing some things that she maybe sees? That, maybe that he's super loving about <laughs> super loving. That's yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. All right, check it out with her. Let's see. Let's see what what that's like. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, so the original question was, where does that stem in me from my past, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, yes. Um, so, okay. The that would be the um, anxiousness and needing to acquiesce, right? And I, and I guess with my dad, I never, I didn't feel like I needed to acquiesce, but I was also a child. So it's like, it was just expected that I'm going to like do whatever he says is whatever. But in this relationship, to me, that's different. Like, I don't want to do that because I'm not a child. Like I am, like you said, my own person and with a whole self, like attached to me, emotions, thoughts. So I don't want to do that. But I, I feel 
attention of like, okay, I have to do that for you because blah, blah, blah. So it's easy. I guess it's easier for me to do it because I have learned how to, but it's a tension in me because I don't want to do that. And that's, you know, probably why we fight too. So I'm just like, well, I'm not, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't want to just like, I want to be able to express myself and not have to like hold my feelings in. Like I want, you know, a safe space where I can just be like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling without having to feel like I need to um, manage that for you. Yeah. Which, you know, in some ways, yes, I need, you know, we both need to manage ourselves for the other person, but not everything, mm-hmm. you know. I, we've talked about uh, low stakes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what that means is Charlie's, Charlie has a lot of anxiety, you know, for many reasons. Um, and so, we talked about, okay, well, is this a low stakes mistakes? Like, do we need to get this anxious about or this upset about whatever it might be? Um, and I feel like that frame has helped you like get less worked out up about certain things. But when you are worked up, it's hard. It's hard for you to come down. I feel like sometimes. And, I, and so the background for that for me is I'm acquiescing because of negative experiences that I've had with Charlie, not because of negative experiences I've had with my dad. Mm, I see. I see. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's funny. I feel protective of you, Charlie. I don't know if it's because, you know, I mean, I just, I, I, I guess the thing that I, I, I feel protective of the idea that I don't want this only to be your anxiety, but maybe it is. I mean, maybe, maybe this is like, you know, the EIL just doesn't feel that much anxiety in the world. And Charlie feels a lot of anxiety in the world. I usually find that when there's, where there's one, there's the other, but maybe, you know, I mean, maybe that's not, maybe that's not the case. I, I've come to the conclusion that it probably is the case like it because she's had a really, really well fam like a good family that is very supportive of each other. And I love having my daughter there because it's, it's hopeful for her to see like, Oh, look, here's a family that actually does have like dinners together and cares for each other and, and all that. And not that my family doesn't, but it's just a lot a lot more little prods here and there and um, some like passive aggressive behavior. Um, And because of that, like I've developed a way of being myself to protect myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to handle her way of being like, she was just a lot more free and just open to love. And I thought that was phony Mm -hmm. for a long time. I didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like we would start. No, go ahead we would just be doing things. I remember he'd be like, he would think that I was not being serious or like trying to make fun of him or something off of something that like, to me was just not, like, I wasn't, there wasn't anything in there, but, but he would interpret it as that. And that's like a whole other thing. But I think that that speaks to like, you just being ready to need to come back or to protect yourself. Yeah. And I was like, look, you don't have to do that with me. Like, I'm, I love you. Like, I'm not trying to like hurt you. I'm not trying to like mm. say anything that I don't mean. I'm not like what I'm saying is for the most part, like there's, you don't need to read between, like we, we even talked about that the other day. We don't need to read between the lines. Like what I said is what I, I was just at, like there was no deeper thing, but I think you've had to navigate reading between the lines and trying to see what somebody really means um, in your own, in yeah. your previous experiences. For, for, yeah. Uh-huh. Now there are times now that, yeah that she starts doing those behavioral things that I used to do or that I'm used to seeing. So I feel bad because I'm like, oh damn, I kind of ruined that. Like she wasn't like that before. And, and she's learned to adapt to that type of lifestyle that 
that I kind of was going through and that I was giving off now. So there are times where she does do some passive aggressive, spiteful stuff sometimes for sure. But, um, and we talk about it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we mm-hmm. I, I try to call it out, but I also recognize that it's a more recent development uh, within the past, like I would say probably two, three years or so. Um, and it wasn't like that in the first few years. And I just did not understand her background. I just, it was, it was weird. It was pretty foreign to me and mm-hmm. she didn't understand my background either. So mm-hmm. I think the only time that we really started beefing at times was when I don't want to feel like my background, even though I don't agree with it, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I don't want to say that hers is the ultimate correct mm-hmm. background. And there's times when in our relationship, um, because she's so much more in control of her like emotions and temperament. And I'm a lot more open and vulnerable to like my feelings being out there. There's times where I get a, bl- a little upset because I feel, I don't know. I, I just feel like, yo, yours, it, it's not just like your way of being is the correct way of being. Mm-hmm. Like I feel the way I feel and I, you know, I might not want to live the way that I was before, but that doesn't mean that that's necessarily wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, or instantly invalidated because of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what was Charlie's background before? I mean, what 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 is he describing? What do you tell me? Kind of your your understanding of what his life was like before being with you. Dramatic, dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say uh, a tumultuous relationship with uh, his daughter's mom. And so, you know, having to navigate that as a young person, you know, there's many layers to that. You have a child and then you have different personalities, fiery, too fiery sounds like personalities. And then with his relationship, romantic relationship after that, um, maybe some similar sort of fieriness and then kind of like like this, like really, really uh, strong emotions, whether it's like, I hate you or I love you. And like, it seemed like from what I understand, very uh hot and cold like very very hot very very cold and then that ending in a, a traumatic way i don't exactly well he you got is it okay yeah. okay he got cheated on mm-hmm. um and so you know I'm, there's lots of i'm sure feelings that come with that of like worthiness and um so those are like the r- big romantic relationships that he's had and then familial relationships like he said that sometimes um feels like uh poking him like not being supportive or or absenteeism from from parents during times when he maybe needed them yeah not quite filling his bucket in the way that needed to be filled what do you notice yeah well, let's what do you notice on your f- inside yourself as you as you tell charlie's story i don't want to hurt him because hmm. he's getting um watery eyes and I don't know if that watery-eyed is because I'm sharing it, because he's hearing it, or because he's remembering it, or all of those things. And, um, like, I don't want, I don't want him to feel bad. Like, I married you because I love you, and I think that you're awesome, you know? And, and I don't want this conversation to make you feel like you're not those things, it, because you have those voices already, you know? Cool. I'm good. <laughs> it's okay. It's happy. 
Tamam ki. So I just like, I just want him like in all of our, and I'm not like, I make mistakes, obviously, but I just want him like to know that I love him. Like, I'm not like, I'm just want to support you. You know, I just want to like you to be, to know that you're cool. Like you're awesome. I, to know that you're loved and like you feel loved from, from yourself and from me. Like, I'm not trying to get in your way or like, whatever like I just want you to be chill like be happy with yourself the way I'm happy with you you know so that's but sometimes I don't know how to how to do that and how did like he was saying like I don't know how to do that and then like validate him and also be like but the way that you spoke to me was wrong you know to me I don't like being talked to that way you know if it, if it was a fight or something but your feelings are valid, but the way that you tell me them are to me is not. And that's, we sometimes have a tension with that. And I don't know how to, we haven't figured out how to fix it. <laughs> like, mm. I don't know fix it is the right word, but we come to the same place mm. on that. Yeah, I think once we get to uh, a moment where we're starting to really kind of beef, uh, I'm starting to get better at like realizing when those differences start popping up and uh, when I might start taking it personal or when we're both taking it personal on our, I guess, expression of those emotions and anger. So I try to like, okay, what's the best way to communicate how I'm feeling that might actually reach her in a way where it could solve the issue as opposed to just expressing like anger or whatever emotion that ultimately isn't gonna actually convey a message that might communicate to her like effectively so but there's some hard feelings with that because the uh, re another not another but a reoccurring theme for us that we struggle over is like him feeling like he has to like change the way that he's conveying his emotions in order to communicate with me but that i don't do the same back mm. but then i'm like well to me to talk to you the way that you talk to me wouldn't wouldn't like push us forward it would just make you feel defensive and like bad like i'm feeling you know um what charlie what happens to you when when she gets upset i mean it sounds like you get fiery you can get angry what happens to you when she gets upset uh she gets quiet um she gets quiet she gets a little bit more uh, reserved and yeah kind of just closed off a little bit and just, she's able to compose herself. And so she can walk away or can have some time for herself at times. And then, and then at times, you know, if she's upset and we're asleep or in bed, she'll wake <laughs> up like in the middle of the night or whatever. <laughs> and it's usually during a time where I have to really be asleep at this time. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, we need to talk about this. And it's, yeah. So then we gotta talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the most part, she's just a lot more uh, composed. And, and I take that a little bit more personal sometimes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. he'll take that as like, as like, um, not mocking, but like, um, how do you interpret that? It's weird. I remember, uh, well, growing up, if we would be upset, like if with my mom or just, I guess the women in, in, in my family, 
I don't know why if the men are just a little bit more fiery or they're, uh, to me, they're just more sensitive. And then, you know, there'll be this argument and then the women would be like, why are you getting so upset? Compose yourself. And it's mm. always like, it's like I would watch it and, it and it started happening to me as well. And it's almost like, like, I don't know, you know, the sensitivity is there, you know, buttons are getting pressed. Mm. And then the, the composedness, while somebody else is pretty just kind of open, um, it just seems like, I don't know, like you're taking advantage of the vulnerability or the sensitivity that's going on. That's kind of how I take it. I kind of take it like it's not this thing isn't affecting you as much as it's affecting me. And so it seems like you don't really care about mm -hmm. what's going on because it's not hitting you the same way that this is hitting me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and you want to talk about it and you're, you're making me feel like I'm overreacting to how I f to what's happening and how I feel. So, yeah, that's kind of what's so I have a, I have this image in my mind of Charlie, you get bigger and you get more and more heat begins to you begin to generate more heat and you know you get smaller and kind of you you make yourself less disturbing you acquiesce but you also sound like you become the rational one is that what are you are you more the one who's like let's look at this objectively um is that is that more mm. where you where you are if I say like let's look at this objectively but uh yeah he definitely gets bigger and then I'll get smaller and I get that's what makes me angry is that mm, I'm having to okay. get smaller so I'm like no I don't want to be nothing but I, I don't know if I say let's look at this objectively I don't know if I do that I don't think so I think I do that a little bit more sometimes like even though I because I don't actually want her to get smaller like I just I feel like why aren't we here why are we having this discussion? And usually it comes because I talk a little bit more aggressively. Like I like to cuss a lot, you know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a, in a offensive way. It's just me kind of just how I talk. Mm -hmm. And so then she gets offended by like when I cuss and then I feel like the argument changes from what I'm actually saying to, to the way that he's saying To the it. way that I'm saying it. And so then we just go in this big circle <laughs> of just like, okay, yes, I as said the F word, <laughs> like, okay, it, but, but what I'm saying is this. And so then I have to, I have to then calm myself down enough to then, that's when I try to find like, how can I communicate this to her that helps? But it just sucks because I get upset sometimes because I'm like, man, I really have to find a way to communicate in a way that she can understand what I'm going through. And I feel like she doesn't ever have to really try to communicate or, or force to speak in the way that I am more receptive to. Like I have to figure things out about her and what's going on. And also wake up in the middle of the night because she wants to talk about it at the middle of the night or on her terms at all times. And I, and I just feel like um, it takes way more effort for me sometimes to, to, to find a way for her to understand. I'm really getting your experience, Charlie. I, I'm having a little trouble uh, Yael, understanding your experience and what happens. That's so you, funny. Rather than me trying to put it into words, can you tell me a little bit more about kind of what happens for you and what you what you notice about yourself when um, when you guys get into an argument? Yeah, uh, well, it's it's leveled for me, okay. and it depends on what it is. So a small, so there's like there's different modes of me, right? I'll either acquiesce or I'll be like no. 
or I'll be angry or I'll be withdrawn or I'll be like, okay, it's been a day and now I need to talk about this. So it, you know, that's probably why it's hard because it depends on what it is for me. I'm Mm -hmm. assessing which one is going to be the most effective for whatever it is. Okay. So a small example earlier today, Charlie was correcting um, our daughter on something. And to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. And I didn't your want 50, her to- Your 15 year old, I take it, yeah, not yeah. your and, eight month and, old. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, so I didn't want her to be feeling bad about the thing that he was correcting her on. And it didn't seem like that big of a deal. And so I was like, you know, trying to explain that it wasn't that big of a deal, but for Charlie, it was a big deal in that moment. So that was, and then I just was like, okay, yes, whatever it is that you say, that's what it is. Like, that's just, I don't want to say giving up, but like, okay, sure. Like, it's not worth- keep on going about this thing that I'm trying to already not make a big deal. So, okay. You know, so there's that for small things for something bigger. Let's just pause there. He's correcting your daughter and you're having, and you're having a feeling at that point of, of feeling like he's making too big a deal about this. Tell me a little bit, what happens inside of you when when you feel him making too big a deal about something? I guess like, yeah, I get anxious because I don't want it to turn into an even bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you know, I, I don't, you know, nobody likes being upset, right? So I just don't want feelings to get too big for something uh-huh. that I think is not that big of a deal. Uh-huh. That answers your question. <laughs> what happens when you support him in that moment? When you, when it, what happens if you, um, just, I don't know, just kind of go and, and kind of rub his back at that moment, as opposed to saying anything. What do you think would happen? Um, I feel like he would be like, why are you doing that? <laughs> he wouldn't think it's like genuine, like it would be weird. Or he would say, oh, you're just doing this to shut me up. You're just doing this just because you want this conversation to end. So it's, so for me, I guess I feel like there is really nothing that I can do that fixes the problem. Like if I acquiesce and I'm like, okay, yeah, then it's not going to be interpreted as like really supportive uh-huh. or I can say how I actually feel. And then it be like more tense. Yeah. I don't know. Why do you think he doesn't trust you in that moment? What do you think? What do you think that's about? Maybe like he said, where he's like, isn't used to being supported. And then some, and it depends on what it is. Like if I, sometimes I might just do it. Yes. To acquiesce to that. It stops. The tension stops. And so, yes, mm-hmm. it's not genuine. And, and though, in some of those moments, you know, so uh-huh. that's, that's real too. Now, why, uh, why in that moment <clears throat> can he not accept your help and then know that maybe he's, maybe he's doing it wrong, but he could still accept your help. I feel like that's really hard for Charlie. Like you want to be, um, not that you want to be right all the time, but you like, you need mm, a lot of validation. And so, yeah, it's hard. Okay, let's go the other way here, Charlie. What um, what do you think is hard for Yael doing the acquiesce thing for you? Do you think that it's just that there's something on her side that's hard to do about that? Like to just do... Uh kind of what I say or what I like what I ask well that you know that let's let's say, let's take the daughter example that in that moment that you know she if if she says you know what he's acting sort of like a jerk right now or he's overreacting but 
I don't, you know, I just want to stay on his side and I'll, I'll, we'll get, you know, I will have a chance to talk about it later, but for right now, I just want him to feel supported because I know that he's feeling overwhelmed about something. Why might that be hard for, for Yael? To actually do that? To actually do that. Why might that be complicated for her? I don't know. Um, I know that she's kind of, she definitely doesn't like to be wrong. Uh, that's a for sure thing. And I don't know if, um, because she, I don't know. I think that there's something about her. I'm not sure her background on, on, on when that may have started, but there's something about her needing to be kind of more in control. And uh, like, if she's told that this is what she has to feel like, she's not going to feel that way. Like she won't like a nice car because it's meant to be a nice car. And she's like, I'm not going to like that nice car because you're not going to tell me that that's a nice car. Mm. Um, so there's just something about her. Like she's introduced herself to people like, hi, I'm like, I'll be like, oh, this is my girlfriend. Yeah. It's like, hi, I'm Yale, but I'm also my own person. Like she's very much about telling people what she feels and they're not going to tell her what to do, what to like, or who to be. So that's just kind of how mm -hmm. she's known her. I don't know what started that. Um, <laughs> that's just kind of like a quirky, quirky little thing that she has. I'm not sure what cause that because she's like the older sister too so it's not like somebody was bullying her and telling her no you got to do this necessarily i don't i don't think i know that with her sister she tells her sister what to do a lot like <laughs> this is what you have to do and i remember uh, there's like a magnet that i found that i got as a gift and it's like life doesn't come with uh, a manual but luckily for you you have a yell which is yeah she's a teacher <laughs> and so she yeah, I think there's times that I beef with her because I feel like, yo, I'm not one of your students. Like, mm -hmm. you can't, don't treat me like that, you know? Um, but yeah. Do you know what it was like for Yael to have a daughter, um, you know, to, to be a, a stepmom and join your life in that way? Do you know what that process was like for her? Yeah, I know that was tough. I know it was tough, but she, um, I can imagine how tough it is because I've seen other previous relationships kind of have to, try to maneuver and navigate around that and the way she handled it like was very graceful and very i don't know it, it's it's a tough thing but i know that she handled that so well and i don't even know how like she was just very much of handling of issues and she did not take anything personal like if there was issues with my daughter's mom uh, she didn't take that more personal. She had a lot of empathy for uh, for her. And uh, she kind of held me, she held me very accountable and made sure that like, okay, so what are you doing? Where are you messing up? Are you doing the right things as a, as a father? And luckily I had, I trusted certain things about her because she had a good upbringing. Uh, and her dad was uh, a pretty, pretty good dad. So I had some, I finally got like a role model to kind of like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to, I didn't know what the hell to do. Uh, so that helped out. And I think, I mean, I, I think it was definitely tough because like, does she call her mom? Does she not overstep and have her call her mom? I'm talking about my daughter referring to her as mom or stepmom. And uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah. For a long time, I would say for about like seven years, she was just yell. Uh, and even now she still goes by Yael, but now there's definitely more endearing names. And then my daughter wanted to be like 
legally co-adopted by her and stuff. So mm. like, she's very close to her for sure. Um, but I know that she kind of was very careful as to how to approach that, both in the relationship mm -hmm. with my daughter's mom and also with my daughter. Mm -hmm. So how, how old was your daughter when you guys started dating? Seven. Seven, okay. Like we say in the business, we are gonna to have to stop there for today. I hope you got a good sense of Charlie and Yell, how they move together as a couple. In the second half of the interview, they're gonna get settled, the anxiety's gonna simmer down, and we're gonna to begin to get more of a sense of the couple's early history. So tune in for that. Thank you for listening to this. Thanks to Charlie and Yell. If you wanna reach me, jason at jasonbrand.com. Until next time. <laughs>